0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down, presented to you by Birmingham Sports. I'm your host, Keller Hodges, and I hope you're having a great day. I'm not going to waste too much of your time because this is a long, long episode. I was joined by Harry from United Soccer FC and San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. It's, he does a great job, and he's really is a must-listen, so I really recommend you listening to him. Unfortunately, this is already a little bit outdated um, since talking to Harry, which was yesterday. Um, uh, San Antonio's signed a new striker. His name is Jordan uh, Perusa, I think is how you pronounce his name. He is a striker from on loan from Toronto FC, which is great because we were talking about how uh, Patino needed a new striking partner because the other one was not getting it done. This appears to be that. But that's really about it. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I have a lot of cool content stuff coming out, and I think you guys are going to be super excited for it. I still don't have any AC in my room. This sucks, but it's okay. So if you hear fans in the back, it'll be all right. But this is a long episode, not going to waste your time. Go ahead, grab some Red Diamond cold, cold tea, or maybe you want to get some cold coffee because it is hot. Thank you, guys. Go ahead, grab that. Let's get into it. All right, Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down, presented to you by Birmingham Sports. I'm your host, Caleb Hodges, and I'm being joined by a very special guest today. He is the star of San Antonio to me. Every single thing that it, every time I want to learn about something about San Antonio or about the area or at all, he is the first place I go to, and he is just absolutely fantastic. And if you heard my phone go off, it's because Atlanta United, two just scored against Tulsa. so sorry about that. that coming <laughs> <laughs> but harry is the host of is the head host of united soccer fc and he is a co-host of sa soccer roundtable harry how you doing man
1: doing wonderful uh, it's a pleasure to finally be on your show and like said here uh, thank you for uh attending sa soccer roundtable on monday was, i thought it was a Fun show and learned a little bit about uh, Legion FC and what to expect. And then, of course, uh, now it's time to return the favor. And um, here in San Antonio, they, they busted out the Fiesta jerseys, uh, so you know, nice. the Diva jerseys, uh, so which are going to um, make their initial debut against you guys. So it should be a fired-up crowd because this has been something that they, the fans have been clamoring for. So this is year six of San Antonio FC. So it's uh, if, if you know, San Antonio, despite coming off of a tough loss, uh, maybe this will give them that little pep that they need to uh, take against a, a very good and tough Legion FC.
0: I mean. You did lose a little bit of credibility because you did admit that you invited me onto your podcast before, which you know <laughs> automatically brings your level down just a little bit. But other than the times that I'm on, you know, it's a it's a really great <laughs> show, and I listen to quite a bit. Uh, but you're, no, you're I mean, a good guy. You Like like say I've listened to your show.
1: Well, probably not from the start, but fairly close from the from the start there uh for that here so uh you know in my opinion one you know i'm not sure if there's other legion fc podcasts i haven't found them so you know to me you are the the best legion um fc podcast uh you know that's on par with the uh, uh one you uh kind of filled the spot for that was there for year one and and unfortunately uh took off uh you know had some life events and unfortunately took off but you picked up and doing a great job uh, you know especially with the the pre-games the interviews the post-games uh although i would have loved to hear the uh the episode that got deleted um i would have just loved to have listened to that just to see okay how far did he go (laughs)
0: um i'm not proud of myself i i recorded it that night and i listened back to it that morning because i was after i got done recording i hit. You know, I hit stop and I'm like, <laughs> we're gonna to listen to this in the morning just to see. I got off. I was like, I'm so proud of myself, that was so good. And then I listened to it back, I'm like, Oh my god, that was why did I say that? And I know what you're looking at, I'm pretty sure. Atlanta United, States who just put two on Yep,
1: they've got two. I was like, Oh wow. So
0: it is a it is a
1: odd year when in the West you have LA Galaxy 2 and Tacoma leading the Pacific and RGV leading uh, the mountain and what the Atlantic of the East seems like well Tulsa has been down but Atlanta, Atlanta United two what they've already got what,
0: seven points or what the win here would be seven points so. Yeah, they've been they've been drawing against and winning against uh OKC energy, which I mean I don't know if those really counts as points, but well, both of them were
1: on the road. That's the key.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you did mention pulled, uh, you did mention late Re- winner or late uh, late tie uh
1: this last uh, Saturday. So
0: yeah. You did mention Rio Grande though, and yes. that is who San Antonio just played, which for a lot of Legion fans if they decide to go back and watch that match, they're going to be like, I want to play that team. <laughs> I want to play that San Antonio team. What happened? What in the world happened that night?
1: So, the first game and a half of San Antonio FC was the good at San Antonio FC. You know, they uh, started out very well against Colorado Springs. You know, had a hat trick by uh, uh, Patino. Um was up 2-0 against um, Real Monarchs. Um, they had a red card in there, and then when they came out of the half, uh, you know, Real Monarchs flipped the switch, ended up getting two goals kind of in a 10-minute span, and, and San Antonio was lucky to walk away with the draw. Um, came out with some injuries. That's that's the thing that San Antonio is hurting right now is they've already got, what, one, two, three, five players out on injury. Um you know, Justin Dillon, who was our supposed to be the second forward, has been out all year with a lower body injury. Um, and I don't know how soon he's coming back. Um, Nathan was the the fill in for him, but he's the one that got the red card. And then on the back line was is where we were really hurt. We had uh, uh, DePlain, Matthew Deplaine uh, out on injury. Well, Connor Maloney was out on injury. Axel Schoberg, uh, you know, who's a 6'7, former MLS best 11. Um, you know, out on injury, and then probably the key um, was PC. You know, he had been playing left back. You know, he's you know he's kind of our all everything in the midfield, kind of similar to Mickey Lopez. That'll play anywhere. You know, just the heart of the team uh, type of type of player, and and he was out. So a lot of adjustments. You know, no excuses. Uh, RGV was the better team. Um, they had the better game plan. Uh, you know, we put uh, a center back Doyle in at. Left back and RGV, you know, before he could get rid of the ball, was pressuring him. You know, because San Antonio plays a high press, so does RGV. And RGV, unfortunately, won the battles that night. It was just, you know, was, you know, I think, you know, for a San Antonio FC uh, fan, the team was a little bit flat. You know, a little bit, you know, disorganized, a little bit. Um, Their passing, you know, I think they ended up with. Less than less than thirty percent of possession, um, and you know not that they need the possession because they're a pressing team, very you know count, uh, counter counter uh, counter attack team, but you know for that night down in, in Heb Park, you know and all credit to uh, RGV, you know they had the the better end of the result, and next week we get them again, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a hopefully a more healthy team, um, and especially where. Uh, We get Jose Gallegos back, uh, hopefully starting and you know in that forward position if Nathan isn't there for that here. So not to make any excuses, but injuries was the big part of why we lost. And and let's be honest, RGV is a much better team this year than they were last team. You know that's you know you got to give them credit. They're three and zero with wins over San Antonio, San Diego, and New Mexico. So three playoff teams going in. Now they played all of them at home. So to be fair, you know, you're supposed to win at home. Let's see what they do on the road this week against El Paso.
0: I mean, uh, is San Diego really a team? I mean, come on.
1: Well, (laughs) prior to Landon Donovan talking about, you know, his lack of budget, most people thought they won the off season with all the big names that they brought in. So now they did lose a lot of talent to to be fair. Um, I think, San Diego last year started off poor, brought in some loans, um, you know, the talent upgraded, they finished real strong. Um, they had the issue at the end of the season with, you know, Los Dos and, and rising, missed the playoffs. So they weren't a playoff team, but they brought in a lot of talent. You know, they have that high expectations, but there's every year, I think no matter the sport, if you're, if you win the off season, more than likely, you don't win during the season. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'd look at the NFL. How many times has the Raiders or the Redskins won the, you know, hey, they brought in this player here, this player, this player here. And you're know, the Cowboys, as an example, here in Texas. You know, that you know they brought in X player, X player. And it's always the sneaky teams that, you know, just fill in the, the missing gaps that they need than, than the high-paying things.
0: I mean – you're right. I kind of, I was down on San Diego coming into the year, um, mainly because it's 3-0, I know. It's wild. Um, People who are listening to this afterwards, because we are not a live <laughs> show, they'll be like, listen, man, we know the score. We know what happened. <laughs> listen, we're finding out live. So we're just as shocked, okay? um, It's not even halftime. <laughs> it's not even halftime. But I uh, something with San Diego is I kind of thought, I wasn't very high on them coming in and I wish I would have made an episode about this because to get my full opinions out there but I was also kind of worried about how it'd been taken but so we're just going to throw it out there now. I think that a lot of people were really up on San Diego because people were happy about San Diego. I mean, they had they had the two matches that they that they forfeited, correct? Yes. Well, and no,
1: they didn't forfeit. <laughs> Um, the lost dose they didn't forfeit. The Phoenix scheme is the only one that they actually forfeited. Okay. Um, but it came out afterwards, and, and Lyndon Donovan said that if he would have if he would have understood what the situation was, they would have walked off against uh, you know, uh, Galaxy two.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I think they tied that game. Um, but no, you know, only one forfeit, but two back to back, in back to back weeks. Right. Um, which you know you know, it should never happen, but
0: it did. I mean, it, stuff like that should not, never happen. We and I like this
1: last night in Loudon, uh, with a, with fans, unfortunately doing something that fans shouldn't be doing to a, a Red Bulls two player. So, and no. Loudon United and, um, USL headquarters, uh, come down hard on those fans and, and they're not allowed back in because, you know, that's not acceptable. It was just, you know, it's, there's no place in the game no matter where you're at you know for you know for those types of actions
0: for sure and i don't know i just feel like fans were happy about who san diego loyal were and then they started making signings and it's kind of like oh the good guys are getting good guys and then you know it takes a while for that to to come together and i didn't know how well that that would happen because even against los dos they were they were sloppy. I remember they looked sloppy in that match, but that's a way off topic. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about San Antonio. And you mentioned some guys. And as a Legion fan, I hope that Matthew Duplon is out. But as a soccer fan, I love that dude. He is... He is one of the best players I've mm-hmm. seen come through the U S he's amazing. And if, as a spent legion Cincinnati, which I think, uh, you spent some time with, uh, yes. listening
1: to your, to your shows before.
0: Yeah. I mean, as hard as it is, I am a Cincinnati fan. That's <laughs> kind of, it's hard, but it's fine. Um, but the plan is, he, he doesn't, he missed a little bit of time with us, but whenever he was on the pitch, it was all 90 minutes and he mm-hmm. gave it all for all 90 minutes and, Just a really great player, but Allegiant fans, they heard the name Liam Doyle, and they probably started licking their chops at the moment they heard that because he was the best defender on a miserable Memphis 901 squad, which is not great. Also, you heard my phone, it's four to nothing for Atlanta United too, against.
1: I'm gonna see the goal. Oh wow.
0: (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, this is this is the exact reason I told Harry before the before we started, I can't watch the game, I'll get distracted. Well, here I am getting <laughs> distracted anyway. I might as well have watched it. But well, who, who,
1: who if you thought it was 4-0 going into this game, you sure wouldn't think it would be Atlanta United too.
0: No, absolutely not. But there is one guy for San Antonio that does worry me, and it's not just Matthew Deplon, but it's Santiago Patino. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, he had the hat trick, but four goals in three matches did nothing to be scoffed at. And your number nine does seem like he is kind of the star of this San Antonio team right now. What should Legion fans be expecting from him?
1: So he's he comes from Orlando City.
0: Um, and,
1: and I just don't think he got the opportunities there because coming in here, he's a big guy, he's physical, he's quick. Um, plays two ways. Uh, there was a play in the first game in, uh, against Colorado Springs where he tracked back a defender and and had a hell of a, hell of a stop. Um, so he's one that plays both ways to me. I think what, what, what makes him special is he seems to have that nose on where to put, where to be, um, for rebounds and and stuff like that. So, um, he's what, you know, what I'd call a kind of a poacher uh, for that, where most of his goals are. Um, but for San Antonio, if they can get, if, if they can flip the script and and get pressure on and get the field tilting, um, you know, towards him, you know, where he's can run and, and slot it by, you know, like he did for his uh, hat trick goal, um, against the goalie, watch out. Um, to me, I think it's going to be the key for San Antonio is going to be, can they get him ball in an area where he can actually do something with it, uh, against RGV. They didn't, you know, they, they kept him out. His touches were pretty minimal. Um, hopefully with, you know, injuries coming back, with uh, Jose Galegos uh, coming, hopefully playing the full 90 instead of coming on at half for that here. With his creativity, um, with, uh, uh, was it, uh, Emil uh, Suelo, uh, who came over from uh, the Galaxy. You know, if you put him and Jose on there, um, I think, you know, that'll give you, you know, your kind of your dribblers, the people that can, Uh, facilitate you know take you off the dribble pass it give him the opportunities uh, to open up a little bit more with Marcus Epps Um, I think if you can have those three up top with him he can kind of be in that middle to be able to clean up you know the shots the rebounds and and, you know headers going in so to me it's all about that pressure and to me if you know you know if they can connect passes because that was that was the big issue last week is they couldn't connect from the defense to the midfield and then from the midfield to the, to the forwards, they just weren't able to connect. So if they can, if they can connect and which is going to be tough because, you know, Birmingham's a quicker team, especially quicker than, than RGV. um, It'll be kind of interesting to see which, which, uh, which horse race uh, can, you know, you know, which of the horses can actually win the race, you know, run, you know, going back and forth.
0: You have, There, I've looked, I've watched all three matches at this point for San Antonio because I wanted to know what team we're getting. Because if you just look at these score lines, it looks like it's three completely different squads that rolled out. And so I was like, let's figure out what happened. And throughout all the matches, I had a few just things just kind of come to mind. And I wrote down some notes. And the biggest one that I wrote down from all three matches. Is that your number seven, uh, Fagesa? Is that how you pronounce his name? Um, he he hasn't been good. I don't know how else to, to say it. I mean, it's the striking partner for Patino, and he just hasn't looked great. Has that been the talent he's been going against? Has he just been off? Or is this somebody that keeps getting starts that really just shouldn't be?
1: It's tough to say because there's up top his partner first game was Nathan um, who got the red card there. And then the last game. um, And and so he started against Colorado Springs. Had the red card early against um, Real Monarchs. And um, he's actually Nathan is what he goes by. He's uh, Brazilian. Okay. uh, For that here. Um, and of course he was out against, um, RGV to me. I wonder if he starts because I think, um, Jose Gallegos is probably, is the kid that's probably should start ahead of him. Um, I'm hoping, uh, and Jose's a San Antonio FC Academy product. Um, he's had some U20, uh, or I think he's. On the rumor to be on the U-20 list you know, for the U.S. Men's National Team, just came back from a, a two-week trial over with uh, Bayern Munich and also found out that he had a trial with uh, Barcelona uh, over, in, Uni- uh, over in, in Europe to take a look. So he had his first appearance last week you know, in the second half here. So I'm hoping that Jose is the one that gets the, the start up front with, with the attacking. Um, you know, Nathan is <sighs> – He wasn't intended to be our starter because it was supposed to be Justin Dillon, um, but Dillon's been hurt and hasn't seen any of the action. So we've been saying San Antonio needs another forward, uh, you know, for that here uh, to complement Patino, um, whether that's – but it kind of depends on how long that Dillon's out because Dillon especially comes from the Sounders um, organization. Um, you know, he's had a lot of key moments, uh, with, uh, you know, Sounders too and Tacoma defiance, but if he's not on the pitch, you know, and he's going to be out long-term, um, you know, you, to me, that is something that we've talked about on our show of, do we go out and get another forward, you know, because obviously Santiago has done well, um, uh, you know, four goals, but he's got to have somebody that can assist him because, you know, people are going to start targeting him like RGV did where, you know, you're going to put two, three guys on them and, and, you know, you've got to have somebody that can, you know, f- you know, finish it, you know, you know, finish it up on the other side. So, unless there's a change in formation, which, you know, last year, last year they ran what a, a three, a three, five, two, um, with uh, two up top with Jose up top, uh, this year they've been pretty consistent with the four, four, two. So, you know, but with all the injuries, you know, especially you know, with the uh, the 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 fullbacks positions being a little bit a little bit down, you wonder if maybe if 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 maybe a change in, in the in the uh, formation might benefit them. But we will see. Come Saturday,
0: it's it's really interesting to watch the San Antonio side because looking at the talent that's on there and looking at just the system that your coach has brought in. it's 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 been a very good offseason for you guys. And mm-hmm. by all accounts, you guys should be a contender in the West. And to your point, like you said, there's been a lot of injuries. I mean, there's been some continuity between each lineup, especially in the back line It hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. And the continuity that you have had, except for Patina, hasn't been great even in your 3-0 win it just seemed disappointing and Nathan even in that 3-0 win just would lose possession like crazy and would end great chances because he tried to get a little cute with the ball or he tried to (laughs) have some pass that just Roy had no intent behind it besides this would be awesome if they get on the other end of this and that's just kind of how San Antonio looked so
1: Well, especially last week, I think that burned them is they
0: I called it the home run ball
1: where, you know, they kept trying to swing for the fence, trying to clear instead of trying to build up from the back. And Royce, uh, the other co-host, you know, that's on the show, you know, talked about a little bit more on the tactical side of it. But on the fan side, it was it was a hard game to watch, you know, because we'd get possession, we'd go over the top. Um, but RGV, you know, at the time would would get the balls, and then of course, you know, they would they would come back and 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 you know get attempts on on there and put the defense at, at risk. Which RGV, while they're better, they're not as good uh, offensively as as Legion is. Um, Legion is is going to you know have a much, in in my opinion, a much better attack. You know, with Junior Flemings, what uh, Nico Bratt, um, I forget the J.J. Williams. I believe is is the other guy. Um, For there, I know you mentioned a couple other others that um, are also in in the attack. Uh, so to me, that actually kind of worries me a little bit. Is if they try to, you know, just kind of go over. You guys have a you guys have a good defense yourself. If 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 they play the same way they played against RGV, it could be a long night here in San Antonio. Now, we all know playing at home and playing on the road is different. It's, you know whatever it is, you know the fan support. I think they'll have probably about 3,800, you know, at Toyota Field. It seems like what the average um, for it here in, in, um, because it's about what 30% capacity is, is what they're still at. So it won't be a full Toyota Field um, as of yet, but it'll still be, it'll still be a fun environment, uh, you know, for, you know, for them to play. And, you know, let's be honest. I know you guys had what 10,000 there last week, you know, um, that? Legion stadium or Legion, Legion field, or, field. Uh, Legion yep. field. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, the, the players love it. And, um, I know it'll be a homecoming game, hopefully for, you know, Mikey Lopez and, and his family. Um, yeah, I know, you know, they, they do a hell of a tailgate, you know, um, cause he's from South Texas. So I, I'd expect to see them out there. And then, uh, Zachary Harvo, uh, hopefully I'll be making an appearance back, uh, since he re-signed with you guys after visiting San Antonio last year.
0: Ervo is quite a talent and I really hope Mikey's healthy. And the thing is, is that it seems like the players that we lost just seem to be impact players. And that really sucks. We were down Alex Cronoli who by all accounts going into the season was going to be our number one defender. He was the guy. And Obviously, Fanwell Convita came in, and he took the captain's armband immediately. And I, when I first saw that, I was like, I've heard people like them, but I did not they really like them that much. And then I saw him on the pitch and just how he played and how he directed everybody else. And right. it's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And then you have – but Alex is out. And then uh, Johnny Dean was out, who was the leading assister out of all fullbacks in USO last year. We had Mikey Lopez out, and just stuff like that just kind of added up, and just event. And then we lost Prosper along the way, and it it really hurt us, I think, especially against Memphis, where we could have had a little bit more offensive firepower, especially someone like Johnny Dean, who with his speed, and the guys that we have coming in behind him, Jake Roof. Who is a fantastic talent? We have um, we have a game by game loan and uh, Freddie. Oh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Almost, uh, Was it Cleman? Yes, Frederick Cleman, Yeah, from Austin FC. Yeah, and um, I messed up. I saw him at the match the other day, and I pronounced his last name wrong. And I felt so embarrassed. And so now I just don't even want to try. (laughs) Um, Am I off
1: on it? No, I
0: think you're right. Um, But, I mean, just we have great talent back there. But, again, like you said, continuity is a big deal, especially for a group of players that Legion like to push everything forward. And it's kind of a really interesting tactic because Legion – don't want to take that first shot and i kind of made a post about this earlier today on my twitter and it was about how we would rather lay the ball off for the 95 percent shot rather than taking the first shot on 90 percent. Mm-hmm. both are more both are very likely to go in but we would rather fight that for that final five percent rather than just taking it first time and that's really hard to watch But what that does allow is if we pass the ball back, we allow our our fullbacks of Ryan James and Johnny Dean to push up and into the offensive third. And then Mm -hmm. if we can hold possession, it just becomes an onslaught of we'll either give up a goal kick, get a quarter, or we'll get a shot in the goal because the way Legion play, it's going to be one of those three things. There's not many times that we're going to be caught on a counter because we are very much – and all or nothing, but very smart about it. So on one hand, I really like that decision by Coach Stone where we are it's not very likely that you'll counter us. It's just the truth.
1: Really? I, so that's going to be kind of an interesting thing to kind of look out for on this, for this match, is to see which team can impose their will. Because it sounds like you guys play attacking, we play attacking. So at, at some point it's got to open up you, unless it's just going to be, you know, a back and forth game where defenses are non-existent. Um, it's, it's, it's going to, to me, that's, that's kind of interesting because I think San Antonio is strong enough in the back, you know, with, with the experience that they have and the height that they have that they're able to kind of withstand some of it, um, you know, for the here, and, and they've got, you know, generally speed on the fullback side with Doyle's playing fullback then not so much. Um, so hopefully he's not. And from my understanding, the plane's not the quickest guy, uh, either as, the- you know, in talking with uh, guys from uh, a soccer talk, uh, for that right here. So, but you know, with, um, uh, his name, his mom's going to kill me. Uh, Gleedle uh, you know, Gleadle back there. He's the one that can track back and forth, and uh, r- really, as far as if if, if a fullback's going to go forward, it's most likely going to be him. Um, and then you know, we have a the center back uh, Kamiri uh, from uh, Tunisia. That dude is a horse. Let me tell you, is uh, he's he's one that he's not afraid to use his body. Um, he's not afraid to let you know he's there, and but he's smart. And like I said, he's on loan from Vancouver. Uh, you know white caps so to me like I said here it's I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see kind of the chess match of this game here to see how it kind of works out where both teams both teams sounds like they attack but yet both teams so far haven't really been burned you know on the counters as, as of yet and, and even in San Antonio's loss it really wasn't the counters that lost to him it was you know um a bad throw in you know by Doyle that, that caused a turnover and then you know uh um you know you know they pressed him again and for here, but it really wasn't where they were caught forward and, and they responded back so and, and, and I know you guys got the speed up top to to kind of help you know mess in the midfield as well
0: yeah so it's really interesting because this chess match is going to be very interesting and I think something that's going to be very underrated for USL fans. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a San Antonio or a Legion fan, but you're just a fan of other teams, something that I'm looking forward to is Mm -hmm. going to be the set piece battle Mm -hmm. because I mean, San Antonio has some mountain ranges in the back line, Mm -hmm. just absolute behemoths that they're all healthy. But the thing is, is so does Legion Legion has, Three, no, we have four guys, not including Freddie, who hasn't played yet, who are above six two, six three in our starting lineup, our regular starting lineup, which San Antonio, I think, also has three or four guys who are mm-hmm. just as big. And so I think it's going to be the battle of a big man in the in a game full of speedy guys. And so someone like Johnny Dean, who he loves to run up and put in a cross, well. Is he going to try ground pass or ground crosses like he has lately that might work. But if you try, if you try anything in the air, you better hope that it's JJ Williams getting his head on it because Nico Brett love you to death, dude, but you're not as tall as JJ. It's it's just a fact of life. And uh, you kind of forget how tall some of these guys are as they were walking off the pitch the other day, I went down and, you know, said, Hey, congrats guys, you know, great win. Proud of you. Love you. and I'm not small. I'm I'm a six one dude. Like I'm not tiny by any means, but I felt so, I felt so minuscule compared to some of these guys.
1: Tall. They're thick.
0: They're thick in a good way. Yeah. Like you know, it's they're
1: an NFL body. You know, they're a college football type of body to where, you know, if they wanted to play, you know, football, they could have played football. They just ended up playing, you know, playing soccer. You know, and, and they've been blessed with the talent to do that. You know, it's you know, like um, you know, I've seen some guys that are, you know, 6'4", 6'5", but thin. And you're like, okay, yeah, you're tall, but you're gonna get pushed around. Um, at least with San Antonio's back line, you're not pushing them around. They're you know, they're they're gonna be able to hold their position, they're gonna be able to to dish out, you know, some body and some, you know, physical contact, hopefully within the rules. Um you know not. for that here. <laughs> <laughs> USL refs are a whole different uh, conversation, which um, I'm sure we don't have enough time to go over. (laughs) Love you guys. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's just uh, frustrating. But yeah, to me, it it almost seems like these teams are kind of mirror images of each other Um, where, you know, we've got, you know, Jose uh, Gallegos, you know, who I think will probably be starting or, you know, last week they did email uh, Soelo, uh, number 10. Although I think he's better in the midfield, I think San Antonio missed him, his creativity in the midfield going forward. But I'm thinking if you can have Emil and Jose, that would, you know, because, you know, that, that, that could help kind of create a little bit more of those crosses, a little bit more um, of the creativity that, that we lacked last week, um, you know, for, for what we could see, you know, uh, of the match here. I don't know if you've watched um, the SAFC uh, RGB match, but, uh, On ESPN Plus, a a lot of it was missing. (laughs) We'll just say. (laughs) So, uh, you know, like uh, there's people that got subbed in that we didn't get to see. So we'll see. But uh, I heard that maybe may have been an issue at our RGV. I've heard some other things that uh, happened down there that, uh, you know, with the electronics that that wasn't good. So
0: this is very interesting. And like you said, these teams are very much just mirror images of each other. And San Antonio more than Legion, but both teams definitely like to get stuck in. And they like to go in and maybe toe the line of what's acceptable and what isn't. And and especially for a guy for Legion, which everybody loves is due to death, uh, Anderson Sudo, he is a guy who... He is five foot six, and he's going to kick something that I can't say on this family friendly podcast. Um, actually, actually, I can't say it. Anybody else can, but um, he is. I he is definitely not afraid to go in hard and go in fast. He doesn't play dirty. He's not a dirty player, but he doesn't know any speed besides. But he full. pushes
1: that line. though. That's he, the thing. Is
0: he pushes up to that line in a professional way. He does the thing that gets him in trouble is that he gets in everybody's face, including the ref. He doesn't like to yell at the ref from a distance that doesn't get the point across. He likes to get nose to nose with them because that's just what he does. I I think you mentioned
1: his temper gets the best of him. uh, Sometimes we'll, we'll just say
0: he last year. Yes. We haven't seen that as much this year, but we've also, it's also very, very early into the year. So (laughs) it's too early to say, but he's, he's also legions best. He's the MVP of the year so far, and that's saying a lot with the guys like Fanwell Kavita, like Matt Van Okel, with Nico Brett and uh, Bruno Lapa, guys who are all USL-like players. But Anderson and sidu is easily the key to this Legion team because I mean, he's learned how to dribble the ball, A. He which he could dribble it last year, but his dribbles would always end up with him having a go from about 45 yards out. And this year he hasn't done that. He's figured out that shooting from 35 plus is not always the best idea when you're trying to hold possession. I love the aggression from the dude. And that's just his whole personality is the aggressiveness. And I think it's gonna be really interesting to see the aggressiveness from San Antonio. And the aggressive from someone like Anderson and Sidu from J.J. Williams, who also likes to be big and physical because he can do that. And it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys feed off of each other and feed off the referees, because I'm sure the referees know that both teams that are coming in here and they know that they're going to have to be on their best behavior because neither team is dirty but both teams love to go in hard and they love it's a
1: physical game. It's, it's a, it's a physical when, you know, coach Marcin is known, his teams are known as ankle biters, you know, just where always, yep, yep, yep. Always, always pushing that button. Always that physical out, you know, he says, Hey, we're going to push you for 90 minutes And, and that's his philosophy. You know, he goes hard, he, he pushes, you know, he, he pushes the teams he wants to pressure and you know, as, as we saw against, uh, you know, um, Real Monarchs, you know, you, you had a player that I, I don't – he didn't intend to hurt the guy, um, and he didn't hurt the guy, you know, but he stuck his leg out trying to, you know, just – and he got caught, and, and that's why he got the red card. And, you know, you know, it was just – you know, as a fan, you're like, hey, what happened? And then, you know, you know, I, I was even talking – you know, Monday morning saying, Hey, I hope that they, you know, appeal the, you know, peel the red card. Cause I you know, i watched rewatch the game. And then, you know, I had, uh, you know, the, you know, one of the guys that I know in, in Salt Lake saying, why do you think it should be, you know, he kicked out, watch, watch, watch his leg. And sure enough on review, you're like, yep, he's gone. <laughs> so, and it's just, it's just that mentality. And, you know, it's, I think both teams you know, as I mentioned, I think both teams kind of mirror each other and, and in a lot of ways, you know, we, you know, we talk about it on the field, but I think off the field as well, where they've got the talent, but somehow they've never been able to put the talent together like you think that they would. And, you know, hopefully this year is different, you know, you know, we're only three games in and I think both teams are setting at four points and one, one lost one tied one. And, and I think both fan bases are, I think overall happy uh, with, with their teams, like, you know, they, they still, they still see the promise of it, but there are a few things that kind of, you know, make you kind of, you know, you know, question a little bit, can this team live up to the expectations going in? Cause I think both, you know, listening to your podcast and other podcasts here, both of these teams are expected to do very well this year. And, and by very well, you know, top, I'm thinking probably top two, top three at, you know, at most, you know, in, in, the division, I think if, if either one's, you know, battling for that fourth, you know, battling to get into the playoff spots, I think it'll be a disappointment, you know, f- you know, for both Legion and uh, San Antonio uh, for there, because I think talent wise, they have, they have the talent to be up there with Louisville up there with the Phoenixes. It's just that, that mentality of being, being able to prove it, you know, week in and week out, which so far they have not been able to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was something that you and I talked about on United Soccer FC on that podcast, mm-hmm. and you asked me, you were like, so how's the Son, how are the Tommy Son fans doing, is the Son out call started happening, because this is a very similar pro- uh, projection that San Antonio was on, where they made the playoffs for two, three years in a row, and they were fine, but, you know, never really crossed that threshold of being more than just fine. They never got to being great. And it's very early. It's three games into the season. And I'm not one of these people, but definitely the, the sewn out conversation has gotten a lot louder, especially after the indie game. And people eventually said, you know what, maybe playing on a beach is not the best way we should be judging our coach. That's not their fault. But it was also just like, well, here's the whole mentality of he should have known to change his tactics that playing quick and playing, you know, more complex balls, because that's the thing with Legion is that they're a very complex team. Their offense is very short passes, long passes. It's going to be very quick movements. And someone like Indy just took advantage of that. It's like, okay, they're sane on the pitch, let's just. One easy pass here, one easy pass here, one-two touch, let's get it away. While Legion were just and so set on you know, one-touch passes all over the place, which just didn't work out. Because if you watch that match back, Indy never dispossessed Legion. I think there were two times I counted that the Indy 11 made a tackle or just straight-up intercepted a ball that was a good ball or just a bad dribble every other time has been Legion just dispossessed themselves because they tried to do something a little too fancy and people were like, well, why didn't Tommy son fix that? And I think this is where the San Antonio Legion comparisons can keep on going because it's kind of a similar trajectory to San Antonio's original coach where it's like, He's fine, and he will do a good job, but he will never be – He
1: doesn't get you across the finish He doesn't
0: cross the finish line, which I still believe that Tommy Soane can. But his time looks like it might be running out if he does not turn it around fast, which is why a lot of Legion fans, including myself, circled this because it's not just how will the playoffs shake up after this. It's Is our coach going to be safe after this? So kind of an interesting little – off the pitch thing that's happening within this, which I think is very interesting.
1: So here's one key that I think for San Antonio that they have to improve on, and it'll be interesting if they can do it this week. If you look at the the passing accuracy, and I know that's not a uh, you know a great stat to go by, but you know, for instance, Birmingham Legion's 13th at uh, 77%, which is, you know, it's fine. You know, mo- most people <laughs> are, you know, 28th is 70%. San Antonio's dead last at 56%. So, and, and that's where it kind of comes into that possession, that, that home run ball that, that I keep saying here if San Antonio continues at that 50, you know, mid 50 passing and, and last week, they were below 50% against RGV. That's, to me, that's the key for San Antonio is, is can they finally start to connect? But the odd thing is, is when they score their goals, they're scoring on assists. Like they've got three assists for goals, you know, which is one, you know, one of the lead, you know, leading in, in, in USL, but it's that, it's that connection to be able to go, um, you know, from point A to point B. And to me, you cannot give a team like Birmingham, um, you know, the Legion, you can't give them 70% of, of the ball, um, you know, for that here because they will. And I know your conversion rate, and I think you've already hinted on this was um, is, is the concern for, you know, for Birmingham uh, for it here where it's at 8%. Uh, you know, according to USL site in San Antonio is 22%. So you know we're a lot more successful. You know, on uh, on when we get into the attacking side, but to me that's that's to me I think that's the game. If 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 uh, if uh, Legion can keep it to where San Antonio is getting turned over, not being able to convert passes due to due to due to <clears throat> pressure and keeping them from being able to convert. Yeah, whereas on the other hand if San Antonio can keep where where keep you guys from, you know, getting better than, you know, that 8 percent, 10 percent, you know, along those lines on, on the conversion rate to me. I think that's that's where you can kind of see the key on for both of these teams. And I know you've already hinted where they try to get that perfect shot instead of, you know, just, you know, just letting it letting it flow. And yeah, you may not get it on the first shot, but you may get a rebound you know you know for that you know for that second you know for that second attempt on there but for san antonio's aspect that's one thing that i've really started focusing on is that connection because 56 percent, i don't care what league what you know what level you're in that's bad
0: yeah that's not good <laughs>
1: <laughs> when the rest of the league's at 70 percent and you're 14 percent, and true some of the teams have already played one game you know but still it's when you're that far off from you know from from the norm, you know that that has to be a concern.
0: So I have to. I'm, I'm just going to ask this because I mean, like you said, I mean these San Antonio has the potential to be. That I mean, in all reality, San Antonio, looking at the team, their tactics, how they play, and everything like that. San Antonio realistically could go on a run to be a USL champion this year. Is they that have the talent? Yeah, the, they have the talent. They have and, the talent. Yeah.
1: Phoenix. You know, I, I know they lost to Tampa Bay in in, in Tampa, um, and I don't think I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't think they're as good as as Phoenix fans think, but I do think that they are a good team. Um, you know, for you know for that right here. Out East, I want to see Tampa get pushed, Um, you know, and, you know, playing in, you know, playing in Tampa is not easy to do. Um, You know, Louisville's a a quality team, although they've got a new coach sort of it sounds like he's going to run kind of the same system as before. So I I, I think it's still wide open, Um, but I do think out West, it starts with Phoenix Um, And I think San Antonio is one of the teams that's possible there, you know, Sacramento's, you know, kind of in the discussion. Um, Orange County, you know, got off to a slow start, but that's only their first game. So, you know, we got, we got to see a couple of games what they put in, but I think, I think out West, you know, like I said here, it's, they have the talent, but I will say this, if the finals go through Phoenix that play, especially if if they're 100% and especially if they bring out the, you know, the dollar beer nights, those are, ma- it's, it's a magical place. I, I've been there on one of those nights. Um, Phoenix is tough to play because of the heat, but just, you know, with the pressure that they play and, you and, um, know, and San Antonio Phoenix games the, the his, historically have always been Great games, with the exception of the one that I went to in Phoenix, which you know, you know, we got rolled, and it was uh, Diego Restrepo's last game in Phoenix, or you know, first San Antonio FC, uh, because afterwards he got into it with a fan
0: on social media, so
1: <laughs> he was, you know, magically he had an injury.
0: So strange how that works.
1: Strange how that works, but no, it's just to me out west, it's it it starts with Phoenix, and you know, just like I think in the East, it starts with Tampa. I don't until until somebody can stand up to those two that, you know, it's hard to disagree, but talent wise, you you know, San Antonio, and I say Birmingham Legion as well. I think they have the talent to do it. The question to me, it's more the question. Can they, can they get the consistency? That's, that's the issue on a one game schedule. I think they can beat anybody, but can they do it on a
0: consistent basis? So let's just say they have one of those knots where it's, this is championship level San Antonio. San Antonio, let's just say we're leaving Saturday night, and the Legion fans, the few who are able to make the trip out to San Antonio, they're leaving disappointed because it was a 4 0 loss to San Antonio. What does San Antonio do to create that championship the, team finally?
1: They turned the ball over, or, you know, they created the pressure, uh, converted on, on the tax, you know, was able to um, get out and, and press most of the game. It's, it's that simple for San Antonio. If they can, if they can pressure you where you make some mistakes, um, and cause they're not going to hold the ball. Uh, they are going to go at you. They're going to go direct. They're going to try to go over here. They're going to try to score as quick as they can. And if, you know, if, if, if they can do that and if they can be successful, it could be, to me, this game could be, you know, could be a, a uh, a 4-2 type of a game very easy 4-3 type of game um you know i don't i, I don't know if san, if san antonio's defense is good enough to keep uh, legion off the board um, i think matt cardone is a good goalkeeper um and you know the, the defense is the question just because they haven't played you know we haven't had a consistent back line and and i don't expect this i'm hoping this game is different than last week's game because i don't want doyle as the right back cuz could you imagine Fleming's going against Doyle on the wing? Not. <laughs> Think about it, man. What we
0: would have done for that. To it's be...
1: not that he's a bad player. He doesn't have the speed to be able <laughs> to handle, handle that. It's just, it, it, it's putting him in a bad
0: position. Well, Legion fans would have given last year to have a junior Fleming's on the team against <laughs> Memphis, man. I mean, that <laughs> would have been, that would have been so magical. But you did bring up something, and I kind of waited towards the end because I wanted to talk about this. Okay. And this is something that – this is a very, I guess, touchy subject depending on who you are. But this is Junior Fleming's first game away from home. And this is going to be going back to the West where with what happened last year – rings a whole lot more true than before because they remember the Phoenix teams. and I don't think it'll be a factor, though. I mean, what do you think from fans? Do you think fans are going to remember? I don't think so. uh,
1: Will will there be some calls? Sure. Um, But I think he's going to get that no matter where he goes. But it's not like him going to Phoenix. Okay. It's not like him going to, you know, San Diego or anything along those lines. And that's not, not too say anything good or bad uh, you know about our fan base or you know their fan bases but there will be a few people that will probably make comments but I think overall on the the fan base overall I don't I don't think I don't think it'll be an issue for that now Junior has a habit of you know, since it comes from uh, the Phoenix of uh, diving a little bit, you know, we'll say he's done probably, better. <laughs> that'll probably be what uh, uh, flares up the crowd a little bit more. Um, but no, I, I don't, because you got to walk such a fine line when it comes to that. And I think most fan bases will. will you know, we'll, we'll kind of stay away from it. Cause it is a touchy subject in, you know, if, if Colin Martin's okay with it, if, if, you know, he's made amends and you can question, you know, you can, I question whether he really made amends or not, or if Colin Martin just took the high road and said, okay, Hey, you know, I don't want you not, you know, not to be able to you know, support your family and stuff like that. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think for us, It'll be an issue, number one, because it's, you know, no offense to Legion fans, you're not a rival. You know, it's, you know, hey, this is a new team coming in. Hey, it's cool, you know, along those lines. Um, you know, now if he was, let's say, with, you know, Austin, El Paso, or, you know, somebody else, you know, a rival like that, then I think it gets looked at a lot closer. But to be honest with you, I would be surprised if majority of the fans knew, knew who he was. Um, now the supporter groups will know um and we'll probably hear some 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 singing and chanting possibly from there possibly but i don't i don't especially coming off with what happened in loudon i don't think for i think for fans to a player specific you've got to be careful um just because it you know And I know what he did was wrong and way wrong. And he's very lucky to be playing this year, in my opinion, Um, because I thought he would be sitting out a year, not just the six games, but I thought it would take a year off for him to be able to come back to USL for another team to sign him. But no, it's just, I don't. How do you think? It just, do you, I just think after especially what happened last night with, with, with the topic there and you know, we're in the South, you know, in Texas, you know, and I hate saying, you know, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it's just, not, it's, it's different than if you're in
0: California or, you know, or, or, you know it's just, it's just a different environment. I mean, I totally get it. When Junior <coughs> signed with, with Legion, there were a lot, a lot of comments that came in that said, of course, it was Alabama. So I totally understand what you mean by it's the South comment. Because if he were to sign with somewhere that was like maybe like I don't know Hartford Connecticut, mm-hmm. you know maybe there might have been a little bit more leniency than someone who's in the deep South like Alabama, but I totally agree with you and I agree that he got lucky. I think personally, what I think should have happened, I think he should have been out for the year. Personally,
1: I think a year, yes, because that's what happened with the what Romeo Parks. Mm-hmm. He was out a year now you know, he kicked somebody flat in the chest, you know, yeah. you know a physical attack on, on somebody. And, um, but in a way you could say this was, you know, just as bad, you know, you attack somebody's sexuality and, and along those lines. And, and that's very personal, you know, along those lines, even if you didn't mean quote unquote, didn't mean to, you gotta be smarter yeah. than that. It's, you know, we're, it's, it's a different environment and, you know, you know, I, I'm getting close to 50, you know, things that I heard my grandparents say, you know, I couldn't dream of saying now because number one, it would either probably be, you know, get punched out or, you know, you know, just, you know, entirely, you know, totally shamed or, you know, I'd lose my job nowadays compared to, you know, back then. So, I mean, know, as a society, we've grown and, and that's a good thing.
0: It is a good thing. And, and I totally get that. Me as a high schooler, some of the things that I said around my buddies, like, I'm just glad there wasn't a camera on me. And that's <laughs> <No
1: joke. laughs>
0: and that's kind of one of those things that you kind of sit there and you see what happened with Junior, and it's like it was wrong, and I do think he should be punished. But, I mean, there are redemptions, and San Antonio fans should know this as much as anybody. Having a guy like Mikey Lopez on the team oh, yeah. I think should be more than enough to say this is a guy who can get Junior on track the amount of resources they put around jr for him to fix we really fix what he did i mean for example i heard this example a while back and it really stuck with me because of jr i mean this has kind of gone off topic but i think this is the topic that needs to be talked about personally mm-hmm. um michael vick was convicted of of you know fighting dogs which mm-hmm. to Indiana. most of us mm-hmm. with most of us with animals could never imagine seeing our pet, one of our family members being used as a as a way to make money like that. You know, that's just unthinkable. But my great grandmother, you know, rest her soul. She had a dog that was there on the farm because that's what they did, because that dog had a job and that dog was a dog. It didn't go inside because it was a dog and it was almost offensive that that dog was anywhere near her because it's a dog and she's a person. (laughs) And so to someone like that, who didn't grow up with a dog being a family member, it grew up as it had a purpose. It was there to fight. It was there to do a job on the ranch, blah, 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 blah. You know, they see that stuff as different. And Michael Vick got arrested and he was thrown in jail and he was rightfully, you know, punished for what he did. You can't just plead ignorance. But recently, Michael Vick, you know, he went through all these classes. He went through training and he was able to get his daughter a dog. And he it's been all accounts that that dog has been nothing but family to them, that he feels a lot of remorse for what he did. And I think some similar could happen for junior where you say something out of ignorance and you get punished and rightfully so. But he should have the chance to reform himself because it's possible. It's totally possible. I think about the things I said when I was in high school, <laughs> and I'm and I'll put myself out on the line there. Hey, future employers, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm just throwing this out there. I was young, I was stupid, I said things that were not too dissimilar to what Junior said, and now not That's too ab- long. <laughs> we all have, we and all now have it. but I, to me, can- I, I go ahead. I look at my little brother who within the last year or two Mm -hmm. recently came out to me as being gay. And I think about the things I said back then. And I'm like, Oh my God, what if, if someone said that to my brother, I'd kill him, you know? And so it just makes me hurt knowing that I was ignorant, ignorant enough to say that. And I'm glad that junior has been put into a place that he can grow because if he doesn't grow from this, then get him out. And I said this before, if he doesn't grow from the position that he is in right now with, with Mikey, with the LGBTQ plus groups that are around, and just a great fan, ba- fan base that's willing to cultivate a positive energy around him, then you should be done. But I do think he has a wonderful chance to grow into something special with a situation like that.
1: And to me, it comes in, in I know we're in the age of social media. Um to me it came down to Colin Martin. If Colin Martin can forgive him for what, you know, what what he said and, and, and how he took it and hopefully hopefully they've had one on one communications, you know, number one. Um, you know, to to be able to kind of address it. But number to me, if 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 he said hey, he's okay with it as a fan, you know, yeah, I don't like it. You know, will I probably boo him on, on, on Saturday night? Um, it'll be more on field and, you know, then for that, but, you know, just, you know, we've got to be a more forgiving society. Um, I think, you know, I think as a society, we've got to where I draw this line here. If you cross that line, you can't ever go back, which unfortunately we're humans, we're going to make mistakes. That's, that's how we grow. You've got to be able to, you know, forgive and accept and, and, that's how people grow. And, and, you know, I've made several mistakes in my life and, you know, thankfully I've always had somebody that's, you know, said, you know, Hey, you know, don't do it again. (laughs) So, um, you know, better (laughs) or you better learn to know better. Uh, and, and to me it comes down to as simple as that. Now, you know, you know, I've, I'm not in their shoes, you know, so how I view it is completely different than, you know, you know if you're part of the LGBTQ community and you know that but that's not for me to decide that. you know, just I know for me, you know personally, you know he's been punished if Colin Martin said, hey it's it's okay. You know what? you know, for me, why you why am I going to cast judgments just because you know, I know, you know, I know when we went to school, we said things that you couldn't even imagine to say now. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 it goes back to society and, and you know, you know, like you, you take last night as, as an example, you know, with, with the Loudoun game with five years ago, would that have even been an issue? I doubt it.
0: Not the same as it would have been now.
1: Now it's, you know, you have, you know, you have people complaining that USL didn't come out quick enough and they came out the following morning, you know, with the response saying, Hey, this is, you know, we're looking into it. There was an issue before you wouldn't, you know, you would have been lucky if it was days before, before you heard something. Yeah. So as a society, we are improving. And, you know, I think, you know, supporters groups from Phoenix to San Diego to, you know, Oakland, um, you know, here in San Antonio, I know, um, Richmond, you know, uh, Charlotte, you know, in St. Louis or Louisville, um, I can't forget Louisville. Um, St. Louis, even though they're still not in the league, there, you know, the you know, the, the, the St. Um I think you guys, I've seen some stuff from you know, your guys' supporters group. Sorry, I'm missing their name here. Um, I know Tulsa's. You know, the, the the lunatics up in up in Tulsa. You know, uh, you know, for their here have, have all grown and helped build a. Um, better environment where we police that action a lot more. Um, And I'm hoping that's what's going to happen in in Loudoun is that, you know, the people that were there say, Hey, this guy was the one one that's wrong. Um, I know here in South Texas, we, we have a, a uh, P word chant from Mexico, uh, very similar uh, that we've worked very hard to prevent from coming in and, you know, RGV had issues on it. Uh, you know, I think it was their first game, but their last, you know, they've, they put a a clamp down it.
0: We've had to do the same. Um, we had, we have a group of Colombians who they hey, they know how to party, bro. Like they go hard, (laughs) but they tried starting it up and we're like, Hey guys, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like it's
1: not, it's not accepted. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Also it just, uh, Completely off topic, but Atlanta United 5-0. and oh, they got another one? Is that what they're showing here? FC Tulsa just got a red card. I mean, this is tough. This is tough. I mean, this is the traveling to out of Oklahoma. I mean, granted, this is also Atlanta playing very well, but that's tough to see. But to kind of switch the topic, because I mean, I do feel like that's a conversation that's been needing to have happened. And especially for Junior going on his first away day, you know, what should Junior expect? I mean, luckily he is going to a place like San Antonio, which we have two players that were beloved by San Antonio fans. And, you know, a lot of the San Antonio supporters will probably be like, okay, Mikey has him underneath his wing. You know, things are probably okay. So, but I do feel like it's a conversation need to happen, and I'm really glad that we had it.
1: It'll be interesting. I'm interesting to see more in-division how it goes like louisville um that's one tulsa i think is a very interesting one as well although they don't have the large fan base but you know louisville i think would be the one to kind of look out
0: for in in your division louisville and assuming their fans go to matches because i can't go without having a cheap shot at them memphis fans i mean just because it's rivalry, especially, I think they're going to be yeah. more likely to dig stuff out. But you know, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there.
1: But I think there's two sides to it. There's the the social issue aspect of it, and then there's the fan rivalry, you know, yeah. side of it here. To me, I think the reason why I say Louisville will be very, very interesting is because they're like the Luligans. They're like you know, in, in Phoenix with uh, the Banditos and, and 602, where they're their supported groups are out there and they're one of the well-known ones. Um, you know, it, it, you know, ex- especially with the blue uh, city ladies, I think is what it is. I, I forget the mm-hmm. exact name, but uh, the I think Lavender, it's Lavender yeah, the, Legion. yeah. Where, you know, they've come out uh, very, uh, very strong on social media and stuff like that. So to me, that's where I think it'd be a little, very interesting. Like for San Antonio though, if you're going to start out at a place, you know, uh, you know, I think I think it's I think it's a good opportunity for him to get tested. Will Will there be Will there be some calls? Sure, um, but I don't think it would be as bad, it, it, you know, especially if he stayed west. Um, yeah, and you know, if he went to you know Cal- anywhere in California, I, I have a feeling would be would, would be Not brutal uh, for him. Even even Las Dos,
0: I have a feeling, you know, there would be a crowd that would turn out against him for that. So, let's just kind of get to sort of the end of this, which this has been an awesome conversation and I I would love to to keep talking all night because, I mean, this has just been an awesome conversation and super fun to have. But we've talked about what San Antonio needs to do in order to win and win big to be Mm -hmm. that championship side that they can be. If, kind of two questions, I guess. One is if Legion were to come in and just Let's say they, they win 2-0. You know, what the, What went wrong for San Antonio? I mean, probably what happened last week where they couldn't get the ball out from from the back line.
1: And, you know, to me, they, you know, had, you know, Legion, you know, had 70, 75% of the possession, um, you know, for that. Because you got to have the ball to score. And yep. so far, San Antonio, they've, they've been living around that 60-40 split, which I think is fine. But when you get down to 30 or whatever, 30%, you can't make any mistakes at that point. And, yeah. you know, when I looked at the halftime numbers last, last week, it you know, it was just you could tell it was it was an off night. And you're going to have those. You know, it sucks it was against RGV. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, let's face it, you know, you know, you guys didn't exactly blow the door off of, off of memphis which oh, I, want. you know no offense i was kind of surprised you know just you know because that was memphis's first game although you guys didn't you kind of didn't know what they would have but still i i i was shocked and, and i know they've got an awesome goalkeeper on like last year with uh um tim howard and, and i love tim howard but you know shouldn't have been playing last year buddy no, uh, <laughs> no offense man no um but uh, I loved you, you know, love you as a U.S. Men's National Team, as a Memphis Nine Hundred One, no. um, and even as a Colorado Rapids. You know, the last couple of years, I was like, you need to retire. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, he definitely started living on legacy for a while there, but <laughs> but
1: no, it, to me, it all for San Antonio, it comes down to. It comes down to number one for the defense: can they get it, can they get the ball up to the offense? Because I think if if they get the ball up to up up to uh, you know the forwards and, and the attacking midfield, I'm confident San Antonio is going to score. Um, if they can't, it, it could be a long a long night. And the other interesting fact um, or history uh, when it comes to San Antonio is if they get a 2-0 lead, if they can not. Take the pedal off. Uh, they've blown. I, they've got to blown the most two zero leads, you know, <laughs> in the USL in recent history, um, and, and m- maybe not all the way to losses, but you know, two years ago, they blew a two zero lead up a man against RGV, and they ended up tying. And then in the last game of the year, where they had to win to get into the playoffs, they were up two zero up a man against Colorado Springs at Toyota Field, and ended up giving up. Uh, late goal to tie it. So Mm. if you're down 2-0, that's the sweet spot in San Antonio, it seems like. We got them right where we want them. You got them right where you want (laughs) them. Especially if you get that next goal. But no, just that, that's just one of the, you know, you know, this is what year six of, of, of of SAFC. And I've never seen a fan base more nervous than when they're (laughs) up 2-0. And and they always say 2-0 is, is the worst score to be up in soccer for a reason but just here in San Antonio, especially at Toyota Field, we've seen it way too many times. Uh, you know, to where it's, you know, where you it's it's almost like a no hitter. You don't talk about it now. It's just, you know, okay, we got to get that next goal.
0: Uh, that's, I mean, that's. Hopefully we don't go down two nil, but hey, now that I know if we are down two nil, we still got a shot. I still so got a, you still got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> <laughs> so realistically, what are you expecting from?
1: I think from it's gonna side. be a three-two game.
0: I think it's I think both offenses
1: are, are gonna bring it. Um I, I think three-two. Um obviously I'm gonna lead more to San Antonio. Um, I could see Legion kind of doing a two, two, three, two draw. Um, I do think there's going to be goals scored. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just think the, the talent on, on the offensive side is much better. And, and, you know, I think with San Antonio's defense, it, you know, there's, there's some goals that can be had just because they haven't had the consistent time, you know, with it, but it also depends on the lineup. If PC's not in, if, you know, you know it, it, depending on if they have Doyle at at right back again I'm not gonna lie to you that scares me it just hey, it's very exciting very excited for legion fans <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys I know we, we, we transferred him from Memphis last year and the only game that he played in was the uh, was the playoff game um, which he I think he scored a goal. Um, but it got called back for some sort of mystery call, we'll say. And then, yeah. of course, New Mexico advanced on the, on the shoulder ball, um, you know, to, uh, you know, an extra time to, to pull out the win. But, yeah, Doyle's, Doyle's been solid. And, and like I said here, I, I think, as you mentioned with him, you know, pairing him with, uh, you know, Khmeri, um, or and we also have a new guy that just came in from uh, Joaquin Varela. Uh, came in from Argentina you know he played some first division in Argentina and he got loaned in from a team in the second division um, who's another another uh, big body either one of those next to Camiri, uh, I think will, will be very solid but if he's out on the if he's out on the uh, as as a as a, the left back that scares me I'm not gonna lie to you can <laughs> sure you guys have speed it's because RGV doesn't have speed like when, when when we watch the RGV match, RGV's got three wins, yes, but they're not a team that you look at and say, okay, hey, they're a great team. Now, if you talk to their fan base, you know, it's a different discussion just like with anybody because they're 3-0. But if if you look at them, you know, they've, you know, they won the first two games 1-0 with, you know, some good goals. You could consider them a little bit lucky. You know, they beat us 2-1 uh, for it here, but – um I don't think they've quite faced uh, the, uh, faced a team uh, like Legion as of yet with with the speed up top. So I'm interested to see how that's going to be.
0: You know, I think it's very interesting because you said they haven't played a team like Legion. But I think Legion have kind of played a team like San Antonio in the sense that they've played a Louisville City side mm-hmm. who is, you know, really tough. So Legion had that experience of going away, uh, going against some a great fan base, and going against a great team at that. So maybe we're a little bit more you know, battle-tested than San Antonio, albeit very, very early. So at the very beginning of the year, I wrote it down that I thought it was going to be a draw for Mm -hmm. San Antonio and Birmingham Legion. But that's because, like you said, these teams are mirror images of each other. And so you think that's going to be a pretty even match. But the closer I've gotten to it, the more I think that we're going to – Have a great defense. I think we're going to have a great defense, but the more I worry about our offense. So I still think it's going to be a draw, but I think it's going to be one of those matches that everybody kind of looked at the beginning and were like, yo, these offenses are going to eat each other alive. The defense is just going to have to step up. Yeah, this is going to be one of those classics of – everybody says, oh, this is going to be one of those matches where eight goals are scored. It's going to be a 4-4 classic, but it's fine. In all reality, going to end up like 1-1. And both teams are going to be like, well, that sucked.
1: <laughs> and and I, think the, I think the reason why we say that is when you look at the goalies, Matt Cardoni and uh, Van Ockel. they're good goalies, yep. but I don't think you would ever say they're great goalies. Matt uh, Van
0: Ockle has – you can definitely tell he was an MLS goalkeeper at one right. point. So but if
1: you look at kind of his consistency um you know even when he was he was with Tampa before you guys right um, if uh,
0: no he was actually at uh OKC, OKC? energy yeah OKC. and he got injured so his last full year was with um with real Salt Lake and real monarchs so to me like
1: I like Van Uckel just because of uh, his facial hair yeah uh, <laughs> For that here and the designs and I know we talked about that on Monday, but to me, like I said here, I think advantage wise goalkeeping, and I love Matt Cardoni, but he hasn't been an MLS goaltender. And most likely he's not, you know, he's what mid-20s, mid to late twenties now. Um obviously most likely he's not gonna be um a uh, MLS goaltender, um, you know, barring getting a loan opportunity like uh, uh Logan Kessler did uh, with El Paso. Um so I think you guys might have a you know a slight advantage when it comes to that you know with, with him, but I just I, I just like I said I I think the offenses when they're on, um, just because of how creative and, and the speed and, and um, when I've watched uh, Birmingham when they're on the goals that they create there's really not a lot that the goalies can do because um, usually they're they're fairly.
0: You know, I want to say open goals,
1: but you know they're, they're they're goals where the goalie really didn't stand a chance. Yeah, um, you know, you know, you know, unless you're a world class class goalkeeper, which if you're that, you know, unless you're uh, David Ochoa, you're not uh, in you know, in USL. So
0: yeah, this this matches. The thing is, and what usually after I have these conversations with people, because I love. that's part of the reason i do this is because i can watch as much film as i want but in the end i'm not going to know a team as well as their fans Mm -hmm. and by the end i can say hey i'm pretty comfortable with this This is this like this is what's going to happen after talking uh with benton i was like oh yeah louisville city is probably going to beat legion pretty handily (laughs) and then you watch the match it's like well what just happened and then, you know, talking with John, I was like, oh, Legion's probably going to beat Indy. And it's like, well, that didn't happen.
1: I don't think Indy's as good. As, Indy to me is like San Diego. I don't think they're as
0: good as people think they are. I don't think they're They good. lost
1: a lot of talent. You, they you lost can't so replace time. that much talent.
0: No, and I think that Legion beat themselves more than Indy beat Legion. Mm-hmm. But I, I said at the beginning of the year that I thought that Tulsa was better than Indy, but I think Indy's schedule – is much easier because most of their games are so local and just the way it, they never have to go. I think they only have two away games in a row once throughout the season and everything else is home away, home away. They don't really have a real home away stint, which is pretty lucky. But, but
1: that also can work against them though. Cause I, you're not getting that
0: long home stretch together. That's true. I mean, it's it's just a very interesting thing yes. that it kind of happened. But I, I, I'm not a big believer in indie, but they also beat us. So what do I know? But let me ask you a question though: If that
1: was a normal pitch, and I think I think on your podcast you already mentioned this, but if that was a normal pitch and it wasn't the sandbox, I think I think Legion beats them.
0: I think Legion at least score, and from there we can decide on whether it would have been a if it would have been a 1-1 draw, if it would have been a 2-1 win for Legion, I think we at least score. But I think there were other factors going on in that night besides just a sandy pitch. I think there was a lot of...
1: I think you mentioned the team was flat,
0: and that's very putting flat. the words kindly. kindly. <laughs> uh, they were very flat, and they were very... They were There was a lot of selfishness going on, and that's really not how this team works because obviously it's a team game, but there's some teams that, that you can afford having a guy go off by himself like LA galaxy. They just kind of said, okay, Zlatan, you do your thing, man. We'll just sit back and watch that works for a guy like Zlatan and a team like LA galaxy. That doesn't work for Birmingham Legion. That's not how this team was constructed because this team was truly a team that was constructed. So that was hard to watch, but you know, we go through all those, and I talked to Blake, who is the voice of, I, I dubbed him the voice of Birmingham, but mm-hmm. you know, so he Yeah, is you the had most, him last week, right? Yeah, and I talked to him, and I was like, "Well, this team's still a mystery, but I still think Legion pull out the win because talent is just better for the Legion." And mm-hmm. lo and behold, talent prevailed, because I mean, Memphis's back line just could not keep up. But this this is one of the few times that I've, I'm getting about to end the interview with a post match preview. Or a pre match preview. And I have no idea. I'm just as confused coming in as I am leaving because I understand the San Antonio team a lot better. I understand the strengths. I understand how you guys are going to beat us. But it sounds like we're both teams are not doing at all what they should be at this point of the year. I mean, what? we our our offense should be doing a lot better. You know, a lot of our passes should be connecting better and stuff like that. And it sounds like it's kind of the same for San Antonio. Yes. So it just seems like which team's going to ride the ship first and are they going to ride it this match or is it just going to happen later on, which is why I'm so excited to watch this match because I have no clue what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I think,
1: I think for this match, um, it's, I think this is probably looking at the USL schedule, uh, for this week. This is the one that I've had circled, um, you know, just just on, on Saturday night here, I know probably the other one that gets highlighted, you know, especially from USL side, is the Loyal traveling to Louisville City. Uh, but I think the San Antonio FC Birmingham Legion, especially if San Antonio would have won last week, this match would have been probably the highlight highlight of the week, uh, you know, for that here. But uh, you know, San Antonio lost, it probably takes takes a little bit of, of the uh, the light off of it, but. Like you, like I said here, I'm I'm excited for this one here. Um, you know, I'm hoping you know, Mikey Lopez is able to come out and play, and 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 Zachary Herrera is supposed to, You know, hopefully, hopefully he'll make the trip because uh, both of them were you know important uh, roles in in San Antonio's uh, six years so far. But like you, to me, this is a coin flip. Uh, you know, there there's games that I go in like last week. I thought San Antonio was going to roll uh, RGV um just just because i thought how they could be and then you know we saw pc was out and a couple other injuries that popped up and of course that that's that's the wild card and, and that's the hard thing to be able to tell you if, if san antonio was healthy and we knew hey we've got pc if we have you know the plane if we have maloney you know and if we you know knew who you know who how the you know how um, um jose was going to work with um with patino because uh, they haven't played yet you know outside of that second half in, in rgv and they were already down 2-0 at that point um and even still they ended up getting a goal but to me it'll be interesting to kind of see which san antonio team steps up um you know especially against uh, you know it might you know as we discussed a mirror image against each other on, on how they like to play and it's an East versus West, which, you know, as a USL fan, you have to be excited about because uh, prior to this year we didn't get to see that. So I- I'm excited and uh, look forward to uh, listening to your recap uh, early next week. Uh, you know, hopefully for you, it's, it's uh, it's not a good recap. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's always, it's always a
0: pleasure uh, talking with you, Kaler. Man. Also, I'm really if you're not listening or if you're not watching this on YouTube, a you should be f- sub to the YouTube, whoever's listening to this. But uh Harry has his cat in the room with him. And I've been <laughs> hearing him, uh, he or she meowing Mr. Snuggles, Mr. Snuggles <laughs> meowing. And this whole time I thought it was our cat in the living room. <laughs> and I was like, what is he doing in the living room? Like no one else is home. Like what's going on? So well, I'll have him
1: locked out and he's like, let, let me
0: in, let me in. Cause he, <laughs> I have a chair right
1: here. He's basically, you know, he's like my co-podcaster. He'll sit there and then every once in a while he want to be cat, you know, or be petted. And, and, you know, he's been in the video a couple of times
0: uh, for that here. So, but yeah, Mr. Snuggles uh,
1: keeps me out of trouble.
0: I'm I'm glad we got a cameo by Mr. Snuggles. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. It's my parents have a, cat that was named by my brother and sister when they were very, very young and they named him Mr. Kitty. So like, I totally, I'm totally with the name, man. I'm totally on board with it. (laughs) I mean, I don't think, I don't think this podcast can get any better. We had a cameo from a cat. We talked about all things Legion and San Antonio and we even got a little early preview to this week in the central because Atlanta United, too, decided that this is the week that they were going to destroy Tulsa for whatever reason. So, yeah, what the, other big ones you guys
1: th- got this week? Uh, Indian Sporting Kansas City. I think you would expect Indy to be able to pull that out.
0: I mean, especially against whatever happened against Colorado Sp- Springs, which they're a fine team, but they're not 4 0 winning, kind of. Team. I know they got an early red, but most of those goals came before that anyway. That was hard. That was a hard watch. Um, San Diego Loyal. I'm excited to see how Louisville City does against San Diego. Let's you know, okay. especially well, since they're trapped or they're they're playing Louisville City at home. So or Louisville City is playing at home. Um, and we gotta get another match, which is gonna be Atlanta United too. This is the first time that we're having a team feature twice and it's against going Memphis. to it's going to be against yep against Memphis the uh, 901 so you could do, have atlanta united 2 leading your division <laughs> there is a chance that atlanta united 2 will be leading the division and Would you guys point, face
1: well you guys have the double header next week too right you get oklahoma city and atlanta united 2 so
0: yep uh, this is going to be uh This is the first stretch that we're going to start seeing teams come up to three times in one week, and then it's going to be a really interesting conversation of what the heck just happened because Sporting Kansas City is playing Los Dos tonight, and then you have them playing Indy later. So we're going to find out, you know, is Los Dos really that good? Is Indy that good? Can Atlanta United too? beat memphis not a one five nil or is this going to be one of those times that a two team shows up just you know drops it on some team and then just cowers away into a hole because the same the senior team looked at it and said hey i want some of that and just pluck up some team or pluck up some players which happens I t- <laughs> man i was not prepared to see a five nil thing come across my sc- uh, my fought mob app when it came Not to Atlanta United too nope that was that's quite the shocker for me <laughs> but that's a statement yeah so hey you're getting an early this week in this this is the first time I've had <coughs> someone join me for this week in the central on uh <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be but here we are <laughs> no I, I that's the reason why I do the United
1: Soccer uh FC shows is because this SA Soccer Roundtable is mainly San Antonio, SAFC. Uh, We got SA Athenians in the uh, UWS, you know, especially high school season, Rafa, you know, is is really into that. So we, you know, we go deep into the um, high schools uh, here in San Antonio and and even South Texas. Um, And then, of course, you know, for the, you know, lower amateur or, you know, lower leagues, um, we used to do quite a bit of UPSL, but UPSL, UPSL. kind of fell apart here. Um, oh, you hate to hear that. To, it's you know just lower league soccer. You know, it's, it's drama. So yeah, it just <laughs> it's, it is what it is. I've come to accept that it's hard to, you know, when you, in my opinion, when you don't have a federation that kind of manages things and is real top heavy. I'll just say, and lets the lower leagues do what they want it's a wild west and
0: yeah i mean
1: but that's a whole different podcast
0: (laughs) that's a whole another podcast (laughs) well harry man i really can't thank you enough and if anybody wants to continue listening to you i mean they absolutely should because i love a reading your takes on twitter that's that's one the of the reasons. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the joy of my Twitter account as well. It's like, well, that was really good. Or, and then I'll follow that up with an absolutely horrible tweet, <laughs> which, if you want to follow Harry, it's uh, I Cole, R A M I N C O L, right? At Raman Cole. Yes. Yes. R A M I N C O L. I I really do recommend you, you know, following him. And United Soccer FC is a great show. I love it. And then, then SA Soccer Roundtable, which is just a fun listen. I mean, it's three guys chilling, talking about the game before and talking about all things San Antonio, which I definitely listened to a little bit of it to prepare myself for this. And I feel like it helped out a lot. And it was, it's really always interesting hearing perspectives from other fan bases because it's like, well, I think I know this about this team. And then I'll listen to them and they're like, yeah, what you're saying is completely wrong. I have no idea where you got that idea from. <laughs> so it's nice hearing another team's perspective.
1: Well, that's, you know, if you follow me, I probably, I listen to
0: a lot of podcasts, I'll just say.
1: Um, you, know, you know, I'll usually put them on in the background while, I, while I'm at work. And, and, you know, of course, if something piques my interest, I'll rewind it and listen closely but it's, it's good background. And, and, you know, to me, it's sports radio. Um, yeah. But to me, you can, you can pick up so much listening to podcasts, you know, like yours, you know, hammering down or, you know, you know, just so many of the others out there that put out, because um, let's be honest, you know, me, you know, at, at this level, we're not doing it to make money. Um, no. And I know somebody posted on there, well, are you trying to make money? And I was like, no, it's because, you know, you've got an hour, two hours, three hours a week that, you know, you put into it. It's a, it's a passion and, You know, obviously, I'm nearing 50, so obviously, I'm not going to be turning into the next you know major sportscaster or anything like that. So, you know, it's 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 just a fun way to kind of you know for me to give back to the game. And you know, I never you know I played what one kid is one one year as a kid. So you know, my soccer playing isn't really anything. And I only got into it when the Scorpions came around, so about 10 years ago. And uh, you know, it's you know I've switched it from you know, probably substituted, you know, baseball for, you know, for soccer now at this point and you know, where, you know, soccer and the NFL are probably my two, two top passions when it comes to sports. So.
0: How it is for me and football, I mean, soccer and football have completely switched. I'm, I will watch baseball and soccer all day long. And then I'll see, like I'll go to Alabama football games because well I do marching band and you know it's a fun experience in person, but you know, I'll see the game come on TV and I'm like, that's cool. I mean, that that's oh, you're fine. You're watching
1: professional ball with uh, uh, Alabama, so
0: yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> they don't get paid, <laughs> quote unquote, air quotes, because
1: <laughs> I can tell. Well, I I I think if you go to any major university, uh, at that level, you know, there's a scholarship, and and you know, I have a feeling if the NCA wanted to look closely enough, they would find stuff at every single pro even here in San Antonio at UTSA UAB you could find stuff where yeah. where people are getting extra advantages uh and we'll just leave it at that here but to me I think they should be play, you know paid uh just you know because if you're paying coach multi-million dollars a year you know you know why can't the players get a portion of the pie you know if if the money's that big but
0: it. I mean we Legion has a guy, Jaden Sravenia, who is a, a Puerto Rican national at only nineteen, twenty. No, he's younger than that. Uh he's eighteen or nineteen, but he is a he is a guy from Birmingham. Um and he is playing for the Puerto Rican national team. And he foregoed uh his college scholarship to be a professional player for Legion, which Oh nice. A lot of fans were like, what are you doing? Like, you need to take the scholarship. And then other fans were like, I don't know, man. He's getting paid now.
1: Well, the key on this, and this is why I think USL has a little bit of advantage compared to MLS, and we've had one player to do it and and possibly another if Jose uh, Gallegos uh, does it. Um, If you get paid, you know, you get paid, you know, if you sign your professional contract, the goal is to go over to Europe and, and obviously you're not talking about, you know, the big teams like we had Ethan Bryant went over to a team, I want to say in Belgium, uh, you know, for that here. And it was a second or third division team, but he, he was making just short of three digits uh, or probably six digits, just short, short of that on a two or three year contract over there. Um, which, you know, for people don't know, even MLS players that are on fringe, uh, that, that fringe level aren't getting close to three digits. You know they're probably closer to 60, 70 thousand for MLS, and I think yep. USLs. USLs it's so there's such a wide spectrum. You know, uh, you know on, on the pay scale, and I'm hoping that the US, you know, USL Players Association and, and USL headquarters finally get that deal across the lines because it was supposed to be across the line at the start of the season. We're now what four weeks in, and yeah. no, nobody said anything.
0: I mean, <laughs> I think. But, someone like Jaden Servania, him for going his college to get paid is smart, especially since, you know, his brother, uh, Bray- Braden. Brayden always want, or is it Brandon? I think it's Brandon. Actually, his brother Brandon is been called up for the U S men's national team. He's always been on that list of players. Who's going to make it. He's a FC Dallas guy. Who's he's playing in the top flight of Belgium right now. And if you look at, Brandon, and you look at Jaden, Jaden's easily the better player already. So, you see a guy like that where he has the potential to go play top flight and maybe not in one of the big five teams or big five leagues like, you know, Ligon or, or what are you, what is she, what is Mr. Snuggles doing? The, 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 the condensation. <laughs> But a guy like uh Jaden servania could absolutely make it somewhere like Belgium or go to another league like that, which, you know, it'd be it'd be nice to see. And I think that's really the future because you see, I mean, heck, Orange County sending their guys over to Rangers. and They've
1: never played.
0: <laughs> they never played, but they're getting the opportunity to yes, be seen. They get opportunities. They're getting the opportunity to be seen, which is all that matters in the world of soccer because once you're seen, you're known. Yep. And that's and all that's that matters. Why-
1: that's why, to me, Jose Gallegos having that two week
0: trial over at Bayern
1: Munich and Barcelona, and do I think he gets signed by those clubs? No, but do I think he gets the opportunity to go over to Europe? Yes, and to me, that's the for San Antonio off the pitch. <coughs> excuse me, that's the big question: is is what happens with Jose? Because he's fringe MLS. You know, or not MLS U.S. Men's National Team talent as far as you know at the U20 range um, at this point. If you're if you're San Antonio FC and if you have the opportunity to sell them, you have to do it, even though it may it may sting this year because they had what Christian Pirano last year, um, and I think part of it was pandemic related. They didn't sell him, so he walked on a free and. Rumored reports is they did have offers from MLS to be able to sell them. But I think for Prano, I don't think he ever wanted to get st- stuck into the MLS system because it's, it's it's hard to get out. Just hard to get out. Um, and I think he always wanted to go to Europe. And, and I think for SAFC, if they would have had the opportunity last July, you know, last, last, last uh, to, to be able to move him, they would have. Unfortunately, you know, COVID happened and, and you know, number one, he was hurt, so he didn't really get the 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 time at the beginning of the year and then you know things didn't really resume till what mid July or you know, you know, after after that window. So for San Antonio and even USL overall, um Jose, it'll be interesting to kind of follow with what happens with Jose Galarios in the next what, month or so, uh, you figure? Because uh, I think what England starts – well, their window opens, what, July 1st? July 1st. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to kind of see <laughs> where where Jose goes because as an SAFC fan, it's one of those – it's awesome to be able to say, hey, we've got that type of a talent, but then it's going to be – it'll be awesome to say, hey, he was sold to Team X over in Europe –
0: but then you're like, oh, that leaves a hole in the yeah. so That's how a lot of Legion fans feel with a guy like uh, Bruno Lapa, right? So Bruno Lapa, if – you know, if you're a San Antonio fan still listening, you know, this far in, hey, shout out to you if you're still listening. You know, this kind of happened on our other podcasts is that Harry and I just kept talking because it's just a fun conversation. I don't know <laughs> if other people are enjoying it as much as I am, but I'm having a great time. So we're just going to keep it rolling because this is my podcast, dang it, and I get to do what I want. Um, <laughs> but um, Bruno Lapa, he is easily, easily starter MLS talent. He is playing so far above his he's playing so far above his pay grade right now. I mean, USL is just it's not good enough for him, and that's just the truth. But no team wanted to draft him, and no team and out of him out of Wake Forest, and no team wants to pick him up at MLS. Is it short, right? I think
1: you mentioned he's the uh,
0: one that. No, that's he's not short for MLS. He's Brazilian oh, it's the
1: green card. It's Oh yeah, that's right.
0: He's Brazilian and no team wants to deal with that. No team wants to lose a, a guy who while Bruno does what he does very well, and he could easily be a starter in the MLS. You can also find other American starters that do what Bruno does. And that sucks for a guy like Bruno and so we're very happy that we signed him onto a multi-year deal because that means if a team out of Europe wants to, or maybe even if a team from Brazil wants to bring him back home to Brazil, you know, whoever wants to sign him, they're going to have to pay for him, which at that point, Legion's just going to be making money off him, which the last thing I want is Bruno to be gone. I love that guy to death. He was one of, my first ever interviews on here and he is easily one of the nicest humans on the planet. And he gives a hundred percent all the time. I love the man to death wherever he goes, I will follow. But also it, if a team wants to come in and like you said, pay for a guy like that, especially in the USL, you have to take it. Money is not abundant around here. It's just the mm-hmm. truth. So if a team willing to come in and give you a transfer fee, like, Miami FC did for Bolu Akinode. I mean, they gave us 15k for Bolu Akinode, and which there's not many times a transfer fee gets reported out of USL. Right. And but which means if a team's willing to pay, you kind of have to take it. So.
1: And that's why San Antonio is catching grief for Pirano's, and and I've heard. On both sides, whether it was real or not real, um, you know, but for San Antonio, supposedly because they got the offer and they didn't take it, it kind of looks a little bit bad, um, you know, on USL, because you know, in, in San Antonio in general, because if if what was rumored, you know, because it was close to a six digit, you know, six-digit deal you know 90 to 100,000 you know depending on how things broke is what the rumor was that kind of sets that market you know for quality players to go from USL to mm-hmm. um, MLS where right now I think there's still you know what 25, 30, 40,000 along those lines here but if, if that, somebody can break that ceiling and you know we're seeing with what, uh, Rubino, I think is what it is in, in Salt Lake City. You know, he's the guy that had the bike, uh, two weeks ago. What um, a He played with Loyal last year. Ruben Rubinho, I think is what it is. Rubio. Um, that, you know, I don't know if, if you haven't checked out, you know, check out the uh, bike. I think it was two weeks ago that, that he did. It was, it's probably a goal of the year candidate for MLS already. So, yeah. But, uh, lots of fun and like I said, I'm excited about USL. If um the if, if I was Jake Edwards, the, the only thing that I would be doing would be trying to start the you know the Pro Rail between League One and USL Championship. Because Which... I think once you do that, it once you do that it opens up so many different avenues. And I think the TV deal, the next TV deal will be a lot more attractive. Not that I don't love being on ESPN Plus most of the time. Last week sucked. But I think that was more an RGB or down, you know, or or a Vista issue um, than ESPN Plus itself. But I think if you do that, it puts it 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 puts pressure on MLS to either adapt or look at possibly, you know, it it opens up additional doors for USL.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm pretty sure Jake Edwards went on, you know, the Sirius XM channel recently and did say that Pro is like
1: wants to do, but.
0: It's something that he wants to do. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's USL dragging their feet. It sounds like it's US soccer dragging their feet.
1: No, I think for US – because it'll still be closed, and that's the thing. Even if they have pro-roll, it'll – you know, because let's be honest. USL is a closed league, and we'll – you know, at least until US soccer opens things up. But I think it opens up – you know, because Nisa's going to do it. At some point, if they can get the foundation, if they can get stabilized – Nisa is gonna try to do pro row, which I think I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because that'll push USL to do it as well. But to me, I think if <laughs> if USL can do it, because League One's what twelve teams now. Yeah, and I think the, I think this off season, you know, this is getting way ahead of things. This offseason is going to be a transition year because you got some of the two teams that I think are going to drop down to the MLS Reserve League that they were hoping to start this year. But, you know, due to the pandemic didn't. I think that's why you lost Union 2 last year and you lost Timbers 2. So it'll be interesting to see if you lose a couple more of the, um, the MLS 2 teams here, not only in USL Championship, but possibly in USL League 1. You've got Monterey that's coming on um, next year, you've got uh, uh, Queensboro. Queensboro that's coming on next year. I think there's probably still going to be a team or two that maybe drops down like what North Carolina did. Um, you know for that here and, and to me that's a shocker if, you know if you haven't paid attention to League one. They've, they're the only team that's played that hasn't had a point yet, uh, so that's kind of a little bit uh, shocking to drop from USL Championship to League One and struggle. They lost um, a lot of good
0: players, man. They've, they've lost – Talent's them. talent. Well, they wanted to go young. That's that's what they're doing. They wanted to go young, and they wanted to save that money. It seems like they definitely – that ownership, because I'm pretty sure it's all the same ownership group. They really wanted to put a lot of money into Courage and –
1: The NWSL,
0: yeah. And so – that kind of takes away. Would you rather put your money into a first division club or a second division club, or would you rather put your money into a first division club and have your second division become a third? I mean, that's the kind of BS that us soccer does, (laughs) but that's, that's where we are. But I mean, something that Jay Heap said in an interview, not with me, but specifically, but whenever he came out to the hammers matches, the first one he came out to, he did like a Q and a, and just hung out with the tailgates with the guys. And somebody asked, hey, what about ProRel? And he said it's been talked about between owners and presidents. And he said that it could end up being like a two-step promotion/slash relegation where it has to be on-field performance and you have to have the financials to back it up. Yep. Because a team like Louisville City could certainly jump into MLS. Sure. You know, they might be one of the few teams that could financially afford to deal with travel in the, in the MLS. But if you look at a team like Birmingham Legion, I love the Legion to death. I do, but But I don't don't know. I don't think we have the facilities. Exactly. And so a team like Legion who don't even have their own soccer specific stadium we're sharing with UAB, that probably shouldn't be promoted into MLS, even if we were to be the best and that sucks, but that's just kind of how it is because as much as we want pro rel, within U S soccer, we have to realize as well is that compared to the rest of the game, we are so new. See, like in England, they could start it right away because everybody was playing on a little dirt, you know, a little grass field and they could all start at the very beginning or, you know, they could all grow together, but U S soccer is so young that they're having to catch up with everybody. So they're building Mm -hmm. big stadiums, but, but then poor areas can't catch up to that even if they are good enough, it's just not a good look. It's kind of like um, Wickham Wanderers, you know, if you saw their pitch in the U.S. or in the EFL championship, Mm -hmm. and then they go to somewhere like St. Andrews where, you know, it's one of the most – it's one of the best grounds in all of England, and then you go to Wickham Wanderers who have a capacity of maybe 5,000, maybe. Well, I follow Akron and Stanley. They're
1: they're the team that I follow over in Europe and – they're in league one and that's probably as high as I can see them going just right. for the fact their stadiums 5,000 ish. Yeah. And that's not standing. You know, I think Birmingham, I think, uh, um, BBVA field is probably bigger than this. And I know Toyota field is, um, you know, just how it is, but that's where their, their, their cap is now. Could they possibly move up to, um, you know, uh, you know, the EFL Championship. <sighs> uh, I think they could, but I don't think the facilities. You know, I question whether their facilities. It would be the smallest facilities. Is they're already one of the smallest field facilities in in League One. So, exactly. To me, like, South Georgia Tormenta. You know, right now, and I know they're building a stadium. So this is probably a little bit unfair, but to me, for them to go from USL League One to even USL Championship probably a little bit of a stretch but i think we're we're still close where you can where you could do it you know you know where you know especially if you look at some of the places where the two teams play yeah you know it, it, it's something you know that you, that, that you could do and, and i know the infrastructure that's being built in usl <laughs> is very huge right now um and like I said here, you know, Phoenix going from, what, 6,100 to almost 10,000 at, at their pop-up stadium um, is huge. And, and I know what Providence is coming uh, What next couple of years, 2022, yep. uh, I think is, is the anticipated date for them. But Monterey, I think, is going to you know, be a little bit on the smaller. Um, the Root Stadium, I haven't seen a whole lot, but if it's what they played in, in, a, in, 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 uh, in Nisa you know that you know that's that's almost like Taft stadium there you know with with the energy so and i know energy's got a stadium coming but to I mean, me it, you know, that's that's the biggest thing for for usl is to get the infrastructure but i think you could implement between league one and, and usl championship because the minimum st- the minimum standards mm-hmm. is that five thousand stadium and i think most teams probably average 30 you know To me, to me, if you had a stadium that was between five to eight thousand is probably perfect for the level where we're at right now, Um, you know, for most fan bases, because, you know, San Antonio FC averages probably between six to seven thousand on on a realistic uh, uh, basis on on number, you know, instead of, you know, the the numbers that they kind of inflate, I think on average, they probably average six thousand on on a normal year, uh, six to sixty five hundred. Of course, they inflate it, you know, if you know, you know, like most people do. But uh, I just think if the longer that USL waits, the harder that's going to do because the gap's going to get bigger. You know, USL's League One's growing, but so is USL Championship, and the stadiums that are coming in now are much nicer than you know are much nicer than what came in five years ago, three years ago. Um, For
0: sure. And you mentioned Tormenta, and it's funny because we played them in the PDL when we were still the Hammers, and they were still Tormenta, and they had a following. I mean, they brought over a hundred people to an away day to Birmingham, and that's just a dedicated following happening in Tormenta. So, I really hope they end up in a championship. And you got the opposite of the Red Wolves. <laughs> I there's been there's a lot of people within Birmingham circles that absolutely hate Chattanooga FC or FC Chattanooga, whichever one does, whichever one's not the Red Wolves. Um, They absolutely hate that team and absolutely hate their fans. So it's it's been a very interesting rivalry. And it's so funny because people are like uh, Red Wolves don't have fans, but some people within certain people within Birmingham circles are like, Okay, well, that's fine. They still pay their players, so <laughs> um, you know people. People like to take those pop shots, which I don't know why the people with certain people within Birmingham have really taken disdain towards Chattanooga. It seemed very random to me.
1: Well, no, the backstory on that is so USL and Chattanooga FC had discussions. The Chattanooga ownership was split. Um, on it, and one of the GMs, or I forget his exact role, basically split from them and decided, "Hey, I'm going to go with the USL." And at the time, they were thought that USL was going to take the field, uh, uh, what Finley Stadium, I think it's what it's called. You know, they were they were basically going to outbid the ownership and just basically replace them. Um, now that's not what happened, but that's that's why it's such a it's it's a sour subject is because how it was started is cfc said no okay you were gonna pass one of the one of the owners uh, or one of the gm or you know somebody that was high up i don't think he was an owner but one of the gms uh, of their jump ship um they ended up taking the academy or the women's team along those lines so it's probably the biggest misstep USL did um, or has done, um, which is saying a lot because Chattanooga FC is one of, you know, it's like Detroit FC. You're not going to go into there unless, you know, you're hopefully you're not going to go in there unless you have, you know, your shit together. And let's be honest, USL, um, you know, it's a owner from Utah. So it's not even a local owner. They play on the suburbs. Um, now, they are building a nice facility, uh, don't get me wrong. But for the U.S. Soccer Wars, Chattanooga is not exactly the hotbed where you think this is going to support yeah. two, two teams. And it's not saying that they can't. You know, I, I think in time they will.
0: It's also two uh, different crowds that are going yeah, to s- –
1: oh, it's way different.
0: So this is kind of the last thing before, you know, kind of end the podcast. But we kind of talked about it a lot throughout the night – but I just read this update. I just got sent this text. Um, Apparently what happened with Loudon Um, and their excuse is, wow, this one is a, this one's an all timer for me. Um, (laughs) Their, their reasoning is saying, Hey, we don't have racists at the club. There are no racists in the SG, but if there were racists, here is their explanation of why they were being racist, aka doing monkey chants. Apparently, a certain player, uh Lacavia, um, went over to the supporter section and gave them the bird. That was their excuse for doing monkey chants. Uh a... yeah, What a <laughs> I it's not funny. Racism is not funny, but this is that is the funniest thing the funniest excuse I've ever heard. Well, he gave us the bird. So I had to be racist. I mean, come on. It, it makes sense. Jeez I mean, Louise. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to go over well. I, I don't know where to keep going from that one, Harry, man, you were awesome. This has been an awesome conversation. Got to get you on again sometime soon, man. Hey, we will. We'll definitely talk to
1: again here. Uh,
0: Well, thank you so much for hopping on taking up a lot of your time. I really appreciate it, man. And Hey, follow him on Twitter. Go listen to all his podcasts that he's involved with. Harry's a great guy. Great dude. Great content. Thanks for hopping on, man. Thank you, sir. So Harry was awesome. As you guys heard, just a lot of great conversation. And a lot of conversation that really need to happen. And if you've made it this far, I really do appreciate it. I'm not going to waste any more of your time, but hey, I mean, it takes, this was a long episode and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. If you made it this far, I'm sure you did. But hey, share it with people. I mean, I really do love seeing it when you guys share my stuff around. It really does warm my heart. So hey, find a friend who's a Legion fan or maybe a San Antonio fan. And hey, share this around, baby. Let's do this thing. Let's grow this thing. Let's make this podcast as big as it can be. I mean, I'm already really happy with where it is. But hey, let's grow this thing even bigger. But thank you guys so much again for listening. Until next time, guys, keep hammering on.